If you follow the tech space, you've probably encountered a new buzzword that's being hyped as the future of the internet. Web3 is kind of jargon. Or is it 3 or is it 3.0? I'm not sure which one it is. It's used to describe this so-called next phase of the internet. And while lots of people are talking and tweeting about Web3, there's still a lot of confusion over what exactly it is. I guess I am old now. What the f is Web3? What the f is Web3? And how the f is it different from whatever web we are in? The idea of Web3 has been around for years, but as blockchain-powered technologies like the metaverse become more mainstream, a number of mega-cap tech companies have shifted their strategic focus and are allocating significant financial resources to develop Web3 capabilities. I'm Alexis Garcia, and today we're going to try and figure out what the heck Web3 is and how it's driving investments in the technology sector on this episode of Growth Stories. Let's take a step back for a minute and think about the internet today. Dominant platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google all create value by building up a user base and generating troves of user data. Now, there's a lot of people who think we can do better than the current system and see the internet shifting into its next phase of evolution, one that will give individual users more control over their data and level the playing field when it comes to generating value from that information. That next evolution of the internet has been dubbed Web3. But what exactly is it? When I first started working on my story of what it was, I was very confused by it. And it turns out so was every other journalist. That's IBD tech reporter Brian Deegan. He recently looked into how Web3 is leading tech companies into a brave new virtual world that old thing about the elephant, depending if you touch the leg or the tail, you have a different description or different definition of it. Now, there's a lot of debate over the usefulness of Web3, and we're not going to get into that here, but hey, sounds like a great follow-up episode. But we're going to try our best to come up with a useful definition. And I'm going to cite the work of Molly White here. She's a software engineer who runs the popular blog Web3 is going just great. And she is a noted crypto skeptic, but I think she distills the basics of Web3 really well. She describes Web3 as an umbrella term for a constellation of technologies that will power the quote unquote future of the internet. And the two main characteristics of Web3 are that it will be decentralized and based on the blockchain. Now you're probably already familiar with or even use some of the components of Web3. Those include things like cryptocurrencies, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, smart contracts, and decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs, just to name a few. So that's what Web3 is in a nutshell. But where did it come from? Well, let's take a trip back to the 90s. That's when people became aware and started logging on to the earliest version of the internet called Web 1.0. Now, Web 1 was basically read-only. Uh, users logged in mostly to read content, websites, or email. And then came Web 2. Web 2.0 was highly interactive. It brought us Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, Google, eBay, and all that stuff. But there were issues that came with those platforms. To change society, we really need to do something better than creating technologies that just allow us to mirror how society works anyway. 
The voice you're hearing is that of Dr. Gavin Wood. He's a computer scientist who is known as one of the co-founders of the cryptocurrency Ethereum. He coined the term Web3 back in 2014. Wood believed that big tech companies like Apple, Amazon, and Google had way too much control over the Web2 generation of the internet. Web3 is really about allowing people to um, come together and coordinate their efforts for something greater. When you were on these sites, you were being followed everywhere you went. They had you profiled. And honestly, I really think that their intentions were good because what they wanted to do is get to know you as best they could so they could provide you with the services and advertisements that they think would appeal best to you. But over time, it started getting abused. Wood and other activists began to envision a decentralized internet that would wrestle control of all of this data away from big tech and give it back to consumers. In fact, Web3 would enable people to make money off of their own personal data, as well as their intellectual property. Those ideas initially gained traction among cryptocurrency enthusiasts in niche online communities. And then came Cambridge Analytica. We turn now to new allegations about a data firm tied to President Trump's 2016 presidential election. This comes after news that the firm gained access to data for more than 50 million Facebook users. Calls for a consumer boycott of Facebook is just one of the company's mounting problems. Lawmakers are demanding hearings, and some users say they are quitting the social media app. Pardon the expression, but the is really flying during that time period. This is when it first came to light that the London-based consulting firm was harvesting personal information from a massive survey of Facebook respondents and their network of friends, and then utilizing that data for political means without user consent. The whole privacy issue became bigger and bigger. And then these big tech companies started getting hauled into Congress. The committees on the Judiciary and Commerce, Science and Transportation will come to order. Chairman Grassley, Chairman Thune, uh, Ranking Member Feinstein and Ranking Member Nelson and members of the committee. We face a number of important issues around privacy, safety and democracy. That's Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook parent company Meta, testifying before Congress in April of 2018. It's clear now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. And that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake. And I'm sorry. And so Web 3.0 got its start there. But I think what happened is Web 3 started to evolve. And evolve it did. Over the course of the last couple of years, Web3 has become synonymous with things like the metaverse, blockchain, and NFTs. As things evolved, they began to realize that they were complementary technologies. Coming up, we'll take a look at how Web3 is driving investment in tech. Stay tuned. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to IBD Live. We're here to help you make more money in the stock market. On IBD Live, we give you actionable trade ideas every day. We follow the entire trade, buying, holding, and selling. We've built an amazing community of investors. They're excited to join us every morning, and we're excited to talk with them and take on the market. Sign up at investors.com slash IBD Live. So we've talked about what Web3 is and how it was conceived in response to the growing power and monetization efforts of big tech. 
And because what's life without a little irony, major tech companies are now jumping on the Web3 bandwagon in order to capitalize on all the money pouring into the next evolution of the internet. Analysts believe Web3 could birth a multi-trillion dollar economy, and they expect to see investments in Web3 and metaverse technologies tally up to tens of billions of dollars. The area that's getting the most focus right now is the creation of the metaverse and 3D digital worlds created by internet companies such as Sandbox. Now, Sandbox basically sells digital real estate. Users can buy a plot of land and do whatever they want with it. I like to use the example of Snoop Dogg uh, because he's all in on this. I got my mind on my money and my money on my NFTs. Back in 2021, rapper Snoop Dogg announced that he was building his own version of the metaverse, or the Snoopverse, on the Sandbox platform. Yeah, so the metaverse is like, you know, it's real, but it ain't real, but then again, it is real. People can go into that mansion and he might throw a party, but the invitation might cost you $2,300, where he might be putting on an actual virtual concert and they can get thousands and thousands of people to show up. So Brian, what companies stand to gain the most here? In terms of companies that are in position to uh, benefit from growth of the metaverse, one of them would be NVIDIA, the chip company, because NVIDIA you know, has got some tremendous technology that they could bring into the metaverse. Google, Apple, and of course, Facebook all have an opportunity here. Mark Zuckerberg uh, has said that he thinks his vision of the metaverse could take 10 years to build out. So this is definitely going to be a long-term process, and it's not going to happen overnight. While most of the early focus on Web3 has been on metaverse investments, a number of companies are jumping into the digital fray to develop the so-called picks and shovels of Web3. In addition to chip makers like NVIDIA, 5G stocks like Qualcomm, Verizon, and AT&T are all expected to play a role in Web3 initiatives. And big financial services firms like Charles Schwab and Fidelity are the latest to announce cryptocurrency trading platforms that will compete with Coinbase. Luxury fashion houses like Louis Vuitton, Burberry, and Gucci are also throwing their designer hats into the Web3 ring with the development of retail-focused NFTs. They're just trying to stay ahead of the curve because they don't want to get left behind. What I found really interesting is Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan and some of the other big banks out there have all done their studies on the metaverse and they're making the prediction that it could evolve into a multi-trillion dollar economy, which is pretty mind-blowing. So I guess you could say these companies are going to where the user is going to be going. While it might take a while for Web3 investments to have a meaningful impact on publicly traded companies' operations or their profits, it's no doubt that this new paradigm shift in what the internet is and how it's used is officially underway. As investors staying on top of these new trends is the first step to uncovering potential leading stocks that could launch big moves as this technological revolution becomes more and more rooted in our everyday lives. A big thanks to Brian Deegan for his terrific reporting. And a heads up, you can watch a video version of this podcast over at the Investor's Business Daily YouTube channel. And while you're there, you can subscribe to my reporter channel as well over at youtube.com backslash Alexis Garcia IVD. Links are down in the show notes as well. Growth Stories is a production of Investor's Business Daily. I'm your host, Alexis Garcia, and we'll see you next time. 
This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Be sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.